Everybody, welcome back. This is the uh, Long Lost Heroes podcast, another movie review episode. Uh, the first movie review for a Disney film. Back at it. It's your boy AJ with Frank. Yeah. Hey, Frank. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good. Um, what is this mo- What is this week's movie we're reviewing? So uh, we are reviewing and talking about Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's oh man. You know, it, it came out. A couple of weeks ago, I only just got uh, around to seeing it this past weekend. I think you saw it a little earlier than I, so uh, we just wanted to make sure we touched on it because there, there's kind of a lot coming out right now, and it's um, it's made a lot of money for Disney. Um, and so uh, I think there's kind of a, a couple things about it, you know, that we can get into a little bit later. But you know, there's obviously it's a remake, and it's also a part of it part of this new uh, live-action remix uh, trend that Disney's doing. So we can kind of get into that a little bit later. But I guess just off the bat, like, did you like this movie or did you not like this movie? Uh, I I don't think I liked this movie. Okay, interesting. I don't think I, don't think I liked it. What did you think about it? I enjoyed it, but, um, you know, I think a, a large amount was probably... Uh, for the nostalgia, um, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I obviously have seen the animated film probably a few times, but it's been many, many years, probably since when I was a kid, and so most of my uh, memory of it is a little fuzzy, and, you know, the songs really pop out to me, but uh, even some story moments, um I was kind of like, um, is this new or do I just not remember this? And I do think that there was a lot of new stuff in this that they probably pulled from the, uh, you know, the fairy tales or the other versions of it. Um, sure, sure, sure. Um, but I, you know, there's a lot to like. There's there's some nitpicky things, but I mean, is is there any one big thing that kind of like was it any of the cast or or anything like that that didn't like or what was it? All right, so I'm gonna kind of break in here so um currently right now this movie is at 400 million dollars domestic globally 750 million as of deadline six hours ago Mm -hmm. the monster monster hit uh emma watson um you have tons of people in there ewan mcgregor ian mcclennan audrey mcdonald uh who's the guy who played the beast i don't remember his Uh, name dan stevens Dan Stevens, he's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who plays Gaston, you know, Dan uh, Josh Cat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, before I get into why I don't like this movie, I'd like to tell everybody again, as we do on all of our movie review podcasts, there's going to be heavy, heavy spoilers in this. So Yeah, as much as spoilers if you have it, can be, you know, for... Well, no, I'm, uh, legit. If, yeah. if, you, if you haven't seen the live action Beauty and the Beast or if you never saw the animated which don't give don't give a shit you know you're gonna be fine but like if you haven't seen the new one and you wanna see it you probably shouldn't listen to this be bummed you'd be sad because there are gonna be things I'm gonna spoil because there need to be they need to be discussed okay so walking out of this movie I felt very much like it, it was painting numbers. Okay. That uh, much like a musical, 
or uh, a, you know an album that pe- other people cover that you know Disney got a hold of the the, the sheet music they distributed it out and they told people exam- everything exactly that they needed to do to bring back all the member berries mm-hmm. but not why they needed to do it or why it needed to be good or like what was really great about the original that needed to be or could be even more so improved or expanded upon in one of these live action reboots in the, kind of the same way that like the jungle book, like you feel the jungle so much more in the live action reboot of the jungle and it jungle book in Cinderella. You really see the more of the period and it feels a little bit more dramatic. There's more to the story. They're expanding upon something that they can to you know increase uh, increase the added at at uh, put added value into the live action movie. Why you're pay- paying the money to go see it? Sure. So for me, Beauty and the Beast, one of the best Disney uh, li- li- uh, one of the best Disney animated movies of all time, nominated for Best Picture in 1991. Yeah, it's a pretty kick ass movie in and of itself. For them to want to redo it, they should be like chomping at the bit to be able to get there. Now, like, me and you, like, part of why the podcast is named what it is because we were in a band together. I, I would consider ourselves uh, both musicians. I don't think that that term is, you know, unique or ununique to anybody who, you know, can do music. But if you can do music and you've played maybe with other people, um, there's a certain feeling of magical, fantastic ecstasy when you're all together when in, you're in- at that moment. Yeah, in that moment, instinct, in and it's just like something is really grooving. It's, it's yeah. a really amazing thing, mm-hmm. and I couldn't see that on anybody's face in the entirety of this movie. Yeah, everyone just looked like they were going through the motions. That they had, they knew what they were doing, but they didn't know yeah um, how to help it. And I think that what they, what I thought was going to be cool about it was I didn't know that Emma Watson was not a singer before going into it. And I would have assumed that she, going into this, she would have been a good singer because the music in Beauty and the Beast is so very, very good. And right. that you would think that maybe that would be the, that and the special effects are the two things that they can really kind of expand upon in this live action reboot. And that is what I was thinking they were going to do. And I feel like they did, they did interesting things with the special effects. Yes. But they didn't go crazy, and they played all the music, but they didn't go crazy. Right. They just did it. They just kind of did it. Okay. So um, I guess, you know, I think part of the problem um, is that with musicals um, in a live-action format um, where it's not on stage and it's filmed versus a musical animated movie – like there is an element that you get a little bit taken out of it when you can kind of tell, yes, they're sort of lip syncing right now, even though it's them singing and they're overdubbing it. Um, so like, you know, she sounded great. Um, some of the other vocals sounded really great, but yeah, it, when, when it's like, when it's clear that they're singing for the sake of singing and it's not just a, um, conversation you know it's like this is the the um, narrative format that we're gonna tell this story um it it can be a little bit um 
yeah, it just takes you out of it. it um, but I, I think the thi- one of the things that, um, for me, that was maybe a downside was that the way that they revealed um, all of the characters at the end, and I think be- especially because they showed some of them at the beginning, you know, um, it, it was kind of like, okay, well, great, we see Stanley Tucci and Audra McDonald, and um, maybe maybe that was it. But, you know, personally, going in, I knew that Ewan McGregor and Ian McKellen um, were in the movie, and Emma Thompson. So, you know, at the end, it's like this big reveal. It's like, oh, they're, they're coming back to their human form, and it's Ewan McGregor. You, you know, like, it, it doesn't really... Um, it's not like, oh, yes, you know, Lumiere is well, they, back well, to they gave, Well, they form. gave that away. They gave that away in the marketing. All the billboards right. in the movie theaters had all of them in their period makeup. Right. And that blew it. And they should have done that. And, you know, you know that, so, uh, okay, I'll talk about some things that, that I like about this movie because I know that we're not trying to be so bad. So I, sure. I will be, I'll be better. I did like the. I thought that the the design and the look of this movie, like there are parts of it that look really cool. Yeah. I really dug, uh, you know, how they kind of made the beast look. I thought like looked pretty interesting and fun and cool. I'm down with that. Uh, I loved all the costumes. The costumes were sweet. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, but you know what. I think that what this movie um, did bring out, which was very cool, uh, Kevin Klein, like, oh man, oh yeah, 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 he was awesome. Yeah, I was like, you know, he looks so familiar. Why do I recognize him? And it was just, he did a really good job. And I, I think for a role that maybe a little bit in the uh, animated movie is a little underserved, it was a little bit more beefed up and you know but you they really did. that's where they added they added to the story yeah. they added to the to the myth they they expanded upon it and like that was a really cool thing and sure. i really liked the book i thought that the book was a pretty cool idea because yeah. like he like he would be like all the places he would want to ever go like if he gets discovered, like people are going to be like, "Fuck, it's this crazy beastlet guy." Right. So I, I dig that. I thought that was very cool too. That's where they added to the story. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I like okay. the animation. I, I, I think the the BR guest scene was just like outstanding, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, that was kind of like the peak of the movie for me. Um, I. Uh, you know, like, especially since it's a musical, you know, especially if you're used to seeing something in the theater, you come at at the end of a song and you get ready to clap and, you you know, give the applause to the, 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 the cast. And, you know, I almost had one of those moments. I was like, wait, I'm in a movie. I can't. Like, the, it, it's over. Right. They're transitioning into the next thing. But I was like, you know, even like, yes, the music was great. But honestly, the animation and just all the different things that they did on screen there was just it took it was really incredible um well, like okay so the so the music was was good like mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic amazing uh you know c- classic 90s uh Mankin and who's the other guy there's another there's uh, another guy who works with him um is it tim rice no no it's not tim rice 
but either way, his name, other this um, this the Alan Menken music, it's great, and it, it you know what, I'm really excited. <laughs> Like the fact, oh, hello, Durgis. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about the fact that they're going to be doing a ton more of these because they're doing 19 more, Frank. I know, man. <laughs> you know, I was looking at the list. It is, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about all of this. Like, it's a, so let's let's start at the beginning because, so I guess they, the first thing maybe that they did was Alice in Wonderland, right? That was. The one that kind of kicked it off? That was one of the first ones, sure. I do vaguely remember seeing that. I have not seen Maleficent or Cinderella um, or the sequel to Alice in Wonderland. Um, But, you know, I I have seen The Jungle Book, and I really like The Jungle Book. Um, But they also did Peach Dragon last year. They, (laughs) They have Mulan coming out. And Aladdin, the Lion King, the Lion King, uh, it, the list goes on and on, and um, the Little Mermaid, I believe, as well. So, no, you got every. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. And when they do the Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid is coming out against a Little Mermaid from Universal. Right. That's right. And you know, so similar to what was supposed to happen for the Jungle Book, there was supposed to be a second. Jungle Book, and There's, I think that's still uh, Andy Circus, yeah. Yeah, but you know, who cares at this point, right? Um, but the other thing to be said is that the Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast are making a lot of money, and you know Disney is going to try to squeeze sequels out of these things. How they're going to do it, I don't know, <laughs> because you know, especially Beauty and the Beast, like the story is pretty much resolved. He's no longer the beast at the end of this movie. And unless they do something that's like, you know, reverses it or, you know, flips the script and she becomes beast like it's not not going to work. I could see more stories in the Jungle Book universe because he still lives in the jungle and there is more story to tell from the, the novel. But, you know, I don't know if every single one of these things needs a sequel. I don't think I don't think I don't think most of them will. I don't yeah. think a lot of them will. Yeah. Um, I, I think that most of these movies are they're just going to be continuing to reboot more movies as opposed to doing sequels to them, because a lot of the they have Disney animated sequels to these already. Right. And how are they gonna? Uh, <laughs> well, and all of those were like direct to VHS to or DVD. Yeah. So you know they weren't the Eisner years. Yeah, they weren't good anyway. So it's not like they have something to base it off of because those movies are mostly just for kids because it's like the kids just want to see the characters again. And instead of watching the same movie 30 times over, put on the sequel and, you know, the parents are happy, the kids are happy. Um, But, you know, when you're talking about paying these actors and actresses who are big names, they're not going to be able to get them for but they're not like, yeah but they're also I'm sure, I don't think that they sign on for I'm sure they sign away their likeness and stuff like that must kind of suck for Emma Watson right but uh, you but at the same time like you are you become into that class I don't think that they're like signed on to like a three picture deal unless no. Disney's doing like a, a Kingdom Hearts kind of thing which I don't think that they should. 
But if oh, they were cool. <laughs> but they they're not. It won't no. no. Please please no. no. Don't do that. They won't. Uh, <laughs> what, okay, so here's what I have to say about these reboots. I think that they could they can they're allowed to keep doing them because I, even for how much looking back on it now, I'm like kind of mad at this movie for first of all, I think Emma Watson was a great choice, mm-hmm. but I think so. Nostalgia critic, he had like a good video up today. He was like, "Should bad singers be dubbed if they can't sing?" Hmm. And it's like he has he has an interesting point. His thesis is like, if your care if it serves the character of the if the character serves more of the story that the person sing, even though they can't sing as much, so be it. But if the song plays more importance to the story then you should be dubbed because the point of the part of that of the movie is the grand illusion and it shouldn't matter if you get dubbed okay and like his it, it was a pretty good argument he made it with like he compared like you know Ma- uh, the rock to russell crow um you right. know in maui and les mis respectively uh but having said that like I don't. I just think they should have gone. They should have gone with some. They should go with someone who can sing. This is Disney. Like it's uh, they can yeah. find the right actress who can do both. And I and, don't think that that's unattainable or something that we shouldn't be as an audience, you know, looking for. And I think that it, what it does is it plays. It dumbs down. It plays to the lowest common denominator, which just says. Oh, you want to see X play this role, right. which is exactly why everyone went to go see this movie. Everyone yeah. wanted to go see Hermione do something different, right? And to her credit, like it totally paid off and worked because she's like, you know what? Like I've cornered the market on smart, sassy, uh, young female protagonists. Mm-hmm. This is my shot to be kind of the star of the show. Fucking a, yes, let's do this. And right. she kicked ass, and it's great. It keeps her fans. It keeps her fans in, from Harry Potter engaged. Sure. Perfect. Perfect. You know. Uh, but I think that there's something to be said about uh, finding an actress out there who you know can do both. And I think that if I had my druthers, as crazy as it would sound, and people know how like over dramatic she is, Anne Hathaway I think was a clear choice to play Belle and could have fucking nailed it. And would have, like, fucking known how to put on the face that she does. Right. And act against the Beast because he's not there. Right. I think that a lot of the time there's a lot – there's very little chemistry between Emma Watson and whoever is playing the Beast. You got to think, like, Harry Potter, like, Daniel Radcliffe, like, he has a lot of experience playing against CGI things because Harry Potter could kind of look precocious and be quiet and deal with all this CGI bullshit. And he looks pretty, you know, effective in those scenes. Uh, Emma Watson didn't really have to do very much with any CGI thing that wasn't a huge practical right. you know, kind of set that she's like jumping on. So she's not really used to this, probably, you know, in my in my own humble opinion. So, so I don't think that she ever was able to portray that kind of uh, extra acting needed required to portray the chemistry with a, a CGI character. And it, you know, it 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 showed, and uh, I I think that ultimately this movie will be looked back on as, you know, a very profitable Member Berry's nostalgia experiment. 
sure. and not really anything more. <laughs> well, okay, so a bunch of things here. So I think that, yes, that Emma Watson probably of all the, the cast had the most scenes with the uh, inanimate objects. You know, most of them, I think, obviously they're just there and she had to interact with that. However, I, I'm pretty convinced that, and I, we might want to look this up, but the Beast was motion capture because I'm sure I'm sure he was and I'm sure he was there and you know they were acting off of each other and because there's a lot that between them felt pretty natural and you know the the beast his face it was very expressive and looked like Dan Stevens to a degree he looked and then okay even if he, they're doing mocap mo yeah he's still wearing that big fucking thing on his face Sure. Yeah, and I guess so, that's still, but it's you know, better than not having someone there at all. It's better. It's better than not. I I was never saying nobody was ever there. I know someone like physically, like from watching all the behind the scenes yeah. DVD extras that I love, that people are usually there and standing in. Having said that, you need to be able to kind of add extra, you know, in ways that um some of the like I, I don't I can't um yeah. I should have had a good example, um, but I don't, I don't have one at this present time. But like, you need to be able to kind of add almost a little bit more so that you can come off and portray the effect. Yeah, and yeah I, I, you know, I think your uh, proposal of Anne Hathaway is interesting. I think she's probably a little too old at this point, but um, oh, they could fix that. That she yeah. could hit the notes. She could hit. She, there's that big part where she goes up on the hill and she does the sound of music moment. Yeah. Yeah, that it fell so flat, and yeah. like you could so hear the auto tune in her voice. Yeah, and, and it's like know, oh, you, like I get it, like it's but it no. shouldn't be all just homogenous member berries. It should have something that like stands out from it in the way that the animals from Jungle Book, like people yeah. were like, holy shit, like those animals, like they looked amazing. Like it sucks that we now have to just use you know digital animals anymore forever, right. but they looked really <laughs> incredible. You know, and but I think the bigger point here is that these movies really do not need that lead. They they don't need someone to play because, like, look, we've got Jungle Book, who yeah, you, you're right. The vocal cast, and I think the same thing here. If you just had the vocal cast being these high name actors, and like, oh wow, these people sound really familiar, and then if you, I mean, I think. Um, Beauty and the Beast is probably the only example where it's going to be like, and now they're human. Um, but, you know, having something like that is important. But the main character probably doesn't necessarily need to be a recognizable face because for Disney, this is a recognizable brand. People are coming. Exactly to what I'm saying. Anyway, um, you know, Jungle Book was a nobody. Uh, the rumors about Aladdin. Cinderella. Who was the girl who played Cinderella? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. You probably don't, don't need it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, what's his face? Uh, Stark is in it. Uh, one of the dead ones. Rob Stark is in Cinderella. Um, right. Uh, yeah, from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, Richard Madden, maybe. He's got a, um, he's a cool name. Either way, but uh, I agree with you, and I think that they can, if they're gonna do another one of these musicals, if they're gonna go with a, if they're gonna do Little Mermaid, right? Like, they need people who can, they need a chick who can belt and who can sing the song 
and who can do it right. And, and everyone is going to walk out of that theater being like, wow, like once again, the music like soars out of these, out of these movies. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, there's also a lot of movies that like they could do with fewer songs, like how they did it in jungle book where like, they're like, okay, well, Jungle Book does actually have a lot of music in it, but they toned it kind of down. Yeah. And they put in the greatest hits, and everyone walks out happy. With this one, they added a few other songs that were okay. Yeah. But um, I, I think that, you know, especially for Be Our Guest and Bell, and p- other people have said this, and I, I don't mean to be repeating it, but I, I, I saw this and I had this thought too. That it looked like somebody just took went to the Disney archives, dusted off the old storyboarding, <laughs> you know, sheets, and recreated those scenes. Yeah, almost shot for shot between especially the opening number of Bell and Be Our Guest. And like it looked, listen, it it's great. They're great songs. Yeah. The the, the blocking in Bell is a little bit, you know, uh, uh, more is a little bit weirder and also i think the singing in bell is a little bit worse Ian Mc- i mean come on man disney he's trying obi-wan kenobi sang his heart out in br <laughs> all right he went in there and he said i want to be obi-wan kenobi again i will sing th- i will sing this song for you disney and he did he nailed it he killed it and yeah. uh again it's a it's a great that the BR guest scene was great. It was it was very fun. I think that's probably the standout moment for me. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, all right. So I, one okay, other thing yeah. we have we haven't really touched on. Um, uh, Gaston, Luke oh, Evans, man. And, yeah. Okay. So uh, Josh Gad. Gaston. 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 Uh, listen. Okay. So the song Gaston loved it. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Josh Gad. Hilarious. Good stage Always. presence. Knew sing. how, like <laughs> totally can sing. Like, dude, he he kills that scene. He makes it. He adds. He adds to the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I thought that was really fun. I thought their chemistry was very good. To, the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I loved all the. They they beefed up Gaston a little bit more. They make him a little bit more evil and scary a little bit. I thought. But you know, uh, on the on the flip side, I felt like at the beginning of the movie, you can understand why the people in the town loved him, and like throughout the movie, you grow and grow to like hate him more and more and more. So by the end, like when he gets his, it's like it feels good because right, you know right. he is supposed to be this charismatic character, and I, I thought that he he did a good job. Um, uh, but you know, I I did think that. It, it was really interesting. So that you know the controversy around Lafoe, uh, Josh Gad's character, like Lafoe. Lafoe. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing to this. No, I think just it was say nothing. <laughs> just like just... it was fun. It you know it was a different take, and you know it's a modern society. We can do these kinds of things. Um, so you know, I, I, I think that he was a great choice. Um, uh, you know, the, the only other moment i want to say that um maybe felt a little lackluster to me um mm. the dance the big you know beauty and the beast yeah it the big number the big number i just and and maybe it's because that is like the big moment of the animated movie 
you know, the way that the 3D animation kind of pops and you see them dancing around this room and it's super bright and it's so iconic. It just never felt that magnificent to me. Uh, you know, you had a little bit more of that in the Be Our Guest number, but it just was like, okay, they're dancing on this room. Like, I just really kept waiting for the whites to, like, really pop and, like, something really great to happen. But I was like, okay, this is just fine. Um, but, uh, you know, other other than that, I, I do think it sounds like maybe you aren't super hot on this movie, maybe as much as I was. I came out of it. Very, very happy, very nostalgic. All the tunes were in my head. Um, I mm-hmm. I don't think I'd go pay money to see it again, but it's the kind of thing that, like, if it was on TV, I might tune in, especially because the music is really good. Um, at least the songs are very good. Um, and uh, I, I will say that, it, obviously, with the, the amount of money that they're making... It, to me, it, it, t- it tells Disney that people do want to see these things. But oh, they're going to keep making them. They're going to keep making them, dude. They're going to keep making them, but like maybe they need to think a little bit more about it. Um, I, and you know what? I, I think this was maybe a trial in a different direction because the the all the Disney movies uh, live action that they've done so far have been pretty much on the the path of like. Well, I guess save the Johnny Depp in uh, Alice in Wonderland, but have been no. A- you cast you cast an unknown in your lead. Yeah, and I think all, all these movies kind of had that in, in the thing, except this movie. Yeah, and it it it, it suffered for it critically. Yeah, like because because of that. Um, it's hard because I love her. Just like, above, great. Yeah, we all love her, and we all want to be happy for her or whatever and like yes like this is going to add to her this is her second billion dollar you know franchise great amazing yeah um uh having said that um i agree with you i think that the amount of money that this is sends that message to disney that they're just going to keep making a ton more of these i think they they can do these differently i think they should look at the model that uh marvel put out in cross genre uh, filmmaking styles, okay, or franchise building, and think about it in the way that, like, you know, Ant Man is a heist movie. Think about it in the way that Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera. Think about it in the way that, you know, uh, you know, uh, Winter Soldier is a '70s uh, psychological thriller. Like these kind, like that kind of genre blending with the kind of storytelling that these movies kind of beckon, yeah. like, I think that can really work. So if you take the, if they're, they're saying that there's not going to be any music in Mulan, if they're taking that approach, like make it a, make it a Disney war movie. Geisha. Yeah. Fine. Geisha style kind of yeah, whatever. really lean into that. Um, Lean into that, or if they're gonna do, uh, you know, the Lion King, like go do the animals again, like Jungle Book, and you know, make it have kind of th- that kind of a feeling, like do uh, maybe not have the music in, you know, yeah, or, or boil down the the greatest hits, like, so, they, okay. like they did if, in Jungle Book. If we're talking if Lion King, that's one that I'm a little bit more nervous about. Um, I, I mean, I think the one thing they, they cast uh, Donald Glover in it a while back. Darth Vader is back in it. Who cares? But 
I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think from a visual perspective, it's really hard for me to visualize taking an animated movie into a completely CGI filled real life looking lions and other animals. And it's, there are no human characters in that movie. And that's one of my favorites. And maybe that's why I'm a little bit more critical, but I just, I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> it, you know, you know, I, I think with, with uh, jungle book, you, you have enough kind of leaning on Mowgli. Um, but I don't know. It, it just seems like a stretch if to they, me. If but. they're going to do, if, if they're going to do Aladdin, Mm-hmm. They should lean into the comedy of it. Like they should do, maybe it should be more, you know, funny. Like do that in like inspired by Robin Williams, like kind of style. Like don't, don't do, uh, some, don't have somebody do a Robin Williams impression. They better not. Like again, you know, that's like, another one that's really precious. You know, to me. like like like, like they should yeah. they shouldn't do that, but they should do something like a little bit different and and that's okay and i think that's where the the future of these movies will go also i think that uh as far as the disney machine you know goes um they needed to do beauty and the beast in a lot of ways like i it of of all these like you know they had to kind of go back and take apart the princesses in a way that they could kind of update them for today's society. Mm-hmm. You know, even Shayna like walking out of this movie was like, you know, so the message now, like, like, of course, so like the animated one is like, she had like Stockholm syndrome, which is like kind of spooky, yeah. but like this one is more like, well, you either like, you either like get a beast in like Gaston as a husband, right. or you have to like tame a beast like, <laughs> like, like this guy. Yeah. Also, why don't they ever say the beast's name? What's his name? The the prince. <laughs> What's his name, Frank? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> why why didn't they say his name? They don't. That yeah, would... there was it, and there was one really awkward moment where it's like he said like, "Oh, you're the beast." And he's like, "I am no beast." And it's like, "But but what's your name, sir? What am I supposed to refer <laughs> you as? <laughs> you're a scary creature and I don't know your name." <laughs> You know, and they, I just feel like they took, they also took away a lot of, okay, this is it. This is like the last thing I, I, I'll say that yeah. I, I also saw somebody else who like said this and I, I, I want to make sure I don't repeat what they said, but say what I want to say. They, uh, they didn't give the beast enough to do. They took away from the beast, I thought, in mm. that like, so in the original animated movie, right? When all when like Lumiere and you know Cogsworth, I can't believe I'm saying their you know character names. Lumiere, Cogsworth, (laughs) meet up with the Beast in his like you know Rose Batcave, right? Yeah. Uh, They're talking, and Lumiere says he's like, "Don't you think the girl she could be the girl who could break the spell?" And like the Beast is like, "You fucking idiot! Of course I fucking thought about this, (laughs) right?" Like, anyone but, that I see, I think that. That's a, yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, in this movie, like, they took away a lot of, like, the, when Cogsworth and Lumiere are walking with Emma Watson, they took away that whole part about, you know, the West Wing, why she shouldn't go to the West Wing. Like, they took, they took away from his character 
in ways that he should have been given like the Phantom of the Opera, Batman kind of treatment. And like totally, it totally could have worked. Do backstory flashbacks of like, you know, different things that yeah. happened. Like that could have been super cool yeah. and different. Um, and I think that the backstory they built in for Bell worked beautifully and, you know, it definitely added to the story. But I think if you had had more chemistry with the Beast, it would have worked out nicer. Also, okay, I'm, and this is where I was building to, and this is this is kind of it. I'm sorry, we're going a little long on this one. Uh, when, I, okay, so the scene where, okay, not the scene, but the the theme. So the the, the running theme is that Belle and the Beast both read. So they like they make jokes about reading, right? right. They like they have that little like you know they they talk about Shakespeare. It's very cute. But then they go to the library. And, like, he tells, like, a joke or something. He had a very, like, I think he says, like, I have a very expensive education or whatever he says. And, like, she's like, you're making jokes now? And yeah. they have, like, this awkward, like, conversation. Like, dude, that was played in, it, like, that was played in, like, the last Judd Apatow movie. Like, this kind of, like, Apatow awkward silence thing is not yeah. going to, like, last in these movies going forward. It kind of dates this movie, unfortunately, to do a joke like that. And I don't think it worked. And they did it a few times, and I hated it. And I think Especially that they... with having a CGI character. Like, you know, if there are two people in the room, yeah. it works a little better. But you're relying a lot on Emma and, you know, just so, his eyes. Think about this. You don't... Get... Okay, so, like, that whole scene, when they go into the library in the live-action movie, mm -hmm. you don't get all of the amazing, you know, kind of exposition that that scene does in the animated movie in the live action, in a way, you've had to actually see the animated movie to know what goes on in the scene because they tell it from such a different angle. And right. that's fucking stupid because it, it it doesn't set itself apart at all, you know? So, like, yeah. by doing that, by creating... I don't think it was an inside joke. I think it's just dumb storytelling that... When instead of like having a, a chemistry filled scene where like maybe they bonded over books and like we fast forwarded over the scene where Belle walks into the library for the first time, right. like and see them like reading and having like a deep conversation about like some kind of you know figurative uh, you know part yeah. of the story, that would have been super cool and and I think really would have added to the story arc of their uh, love and I, I think that. You know, that uh, the way that they did the dialogue, the way that they let the beast talk to uh, the, the way that they wrote the beast dialogue for this movie underserved this character that needed to be beefed up in the live action, you know, retelling and reimagining of this story. Right. And I think that that, as well as all of the other, I think, technical failures of this film, the, the singing, the, uh, the, auto-tune, the storyboarding, like, I think that that just builds to mediocre Memberberry rewash. And I'm excited to talk about the next movie that'll be on the, the B side of this podcast, because I think that it took something that they really could have done that, and they didn't. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to get there when we do. Um, stay tuned. Um, maybe go get go to the bathroom, get a drink, mm -hmm. wash your hands. Whatever you <laughs> do, take a break. 
And uh, come right back, because we're going to get right back into the story. Frank, is there anything else you want to add? I didn't mean to cut you off early. No, you, no you're good. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right. With with the Beast in in a role where it's completely CGI, and you know, you know that's the way Disney's doing things. There's no practical effects anymore. You really need to give him more to do than... You know, you can only make him so terrifying when, it, you know, it kind of looks like, oh, he's coming around the corner. Wait, is he even really there? You know, it kind of looks a little fuzzy to me. It wouldn't, um, have been, like, wouldn't have been cool if maybe, like, they jawsed the Beast. Like, I don't mean to keep going back into it. But, like, get, like give the Beast some buildup. Like, give him some drama, some horror elements. Like, let us see how big he is before we see uh, how what he looks like. like I let agree. Us see, you know? But, I agree, but this is a like PG movie for the kids. And, you know, this movie already is frightening for kids with all the wolves. And, you know, one of my coworkers who is a huge Disney fan said that she went into a showing and was filled with kids and people were crying left and right. And, you know, it's interesting. My film, uh, my showing, I don't think I had any kids, uh, which is, you know, just, just how things are nowadays. Everyone's all about the nostalgia of going, back and seeing these things but yeah i don't know i don't think they could handle much more from him and especially well, when it's... I, I well maybe they okay i okay maybe they do it smarter then i i think that then they they could have built up what the beast looked like a little bit more they could have paced it a little bit more instead of giving you the immediate huh right like uh so all right i don't mean to keep getting back into it frank take us out baby all right, so I guess, uh, you know, I don't think we necessarily need to score these things, um, but, you know, uh, in, a, in a final thing, I, I, I give this movie like a B. It, it, I like it. it. It felt good to me, but I think you're right. There are a lot of things that um, it's probably not going to do it justice in, in time. Um, I think people are going are to still remember the original animated movie a little bit more fondly. This one's just going to be like, all right, that was great. I'm glad we saw it. And now let's move on. Um, so uh, moving forward into these other these other movies, I am still cautiously optimistic. Um, but uh, this this didn't necessarily help the cause. Um, I think the last one, Juggle Book, was like, okay, I can do these. But um, some of these other ones, especially as we hit through the, the 90s movies uh, that we grew up with, and maybe we have a little bit of a bias towards, uh, we're maybe more protective over. Um, it's, uh, of course, it's of course. and we should be. This is, in a lot of ways, I'm sure a lot of our friends' like, first movie. Yeah. You know, th- totally. this is a, uh, a film that came out in 1991. I think everybody had the VHS cassette. I think you <laughs> yes. had to have that. You had to have one Batman animated series action figure and Batmobile. You mm-hmm. had to have one box of Kinects. It was kind of like the rules for being a kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I I love the animated movie. I think the animated movie is, is beautiful. I love the animation in it. I love the colors in it. I think that the it's one of the first movies they were really able to blend the computer animated effects with the animation. It looks magnificent, seamless. Um, I love uh, the music. I saw this on, I remember seeing this on Broadway. Like I think that oh, yeah. still, it still holds up for I sure. I think I saw it on ice actually. <laughs> hey, it, it, that sounds awesome. Um, but 
you know, ultimately, I don't think that this movie is going to be the one that we remember for, you know, the proper uh, version of Beauty and the Beast. I think this is a, uh, not a misstep, but a, you know, a a fine, you know, adventure. And, and, and no, it's a fine adventure into the continuation of the Disney um, live action reboot franchise right. machine. Um, we're curious to see what they're doing next. Maybe Frankie's right and they're signing them to this, you know, multi-picture deal where they're doing a Kingdom Hearts kind of thing. Listen, if they're doing that, I don't think anyone would be really mad, but here's what I'm going to say. I'm down for all these movies to come out. I'm down to have them. I'm down to keep paying the money. But I think that we all know that Disney at this point has become a premium company. They have now certainly shown that they are, uh, you know, a luxury brand. If they're going to be this kind of luxury brand and offer the top of the line product, they need to step it up in the next one. Yeah. And I think that they will. Hey everyone, thanks for checking out our review of Beauty and the Beast. And now we're going to dive into some of the most recent news surrounding some of the new movie trailers. And shortly after that, we have our review of the Power Rangers movie. Uh, thanks for checking out this week's podcast, and we hope you come back next time. I was just watching the Game of Thrones trailer. I, would, I just watched that, too. I haven't finished it, but I'll finish it later. <laughs> I just watched that, too. And I just watched Spider-Man and Justice League. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. So, Spider-Man, I think they gave away a little bit too much. Yeah. It looks great. Mm-hmm. And then that news from Amy Pascal is crazy. Pisses Have you heard the off. news from Amy Pascal? Yeah, it really pisses me off. Why would she say that? I don't know. It's just she, like you know what she's saying. I think that what they're saying is that if this movie doesn't do amazing at the box office, if it doesn't have the best opening for a Spider-Man, there, like then Sony can kind of welch and like go in another direction. True. But like I think that ultimately, this Spider-Man movie, the way it's coming out, and I think it's coming out in July, right? Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna make, the, it, it's already going to. Like, the fact that you have Robert Downey Jr. and Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, this movie is going to make the most money. It's going to trounce Guardians by far. Oh, totally. Um, for opening weekend, at least. And, yeah. like, I, I don't know why, why she would say that. I get the trend, man. We've seen the trend. We've been talking about the trend. Yeah. The trend is that they want to do R-rated stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind and, of... Bullshit. They want to bring like, back Spider-Man for that part. Yeah, and but it's like them saying now, oh yeah, uh, they have uh, he's going to be in the MCU for this movie, the sequel, and the two Avengers movies, and then then what? Then they write him out, and then they what recast him again? Like, don't say that. Like, let it happen, play it out. If it's really a bad scenario, then just let it rest. I don't know. It's crazy to me that the Venom stuff. She's going to eat those words. She's going to eat those words. Oh, totally. Uh, Venom, like, uh, which is shitty because, like, she says dumb shit. She's known for doing this. Yeah. For going out to the press and saying stuff about movies. And she should, and, like, you know, even in the the Sony hack that came out a long time ago, you know, it revealed, like, how she kind of talks about this shit. And that's fine, but dude, like, dude, oh man, 
she caused so much drama that Kevin Feige never causes. Right. Well, and it's like you drop the trailer, which is supposed to be this big, exciting thing, and then it's soured by, you know, her comments because, like, like no one is on Sony's side. Like, from a fan perspective, no one's going to be right. like, we want want it to be completely separate and we want to recast. Like, no. Like, that's not what the people want to hear right now. Why are you saying that? And it's already done. Like, these, this is, like, like, this is happening. Yeah. You know, like, it's not even, uh, you know, some kind of unfinished thing that they can pull back. Like, he's in the movie last year. He's That's in the it. movie last year. This movie is happening. Tony Stark's in this one. He's filming Infinity War right now. Like, right. It's happening. It's happening. Ugh. Okay. Uh, I, um, Justice League trailer is le- was legit. It's great. Yeah. Um, Some funny moments. Uh, I like that. Dude, Jason Momoa, like, here's the thing. I think he could be, like, the next up-and-coming, like, action star. And he has, like, kind of stumble-stepped a few times. Mm-hmm. A few times. But he has one iconic character already. And it, and to be honest, I think it looks like Aquaman is going to be a pretty iconic character for him. Yeah, I think so. It. Uh, he looks like the breakout star of this. I don't get what why they're putting cyborg in the center of it it kind of reminds me of iron man yeah like, especially there's that I, moment where he like closes the mask i'm like oh, come on really yeah like they come on guys uh either way um i thought it was fun it looked it, it looked brighter and you know interesting yeah. I'm, I'm listen i'm down i'm also very down for more like for, to go see wonder woman like I'm, I'm pumped for this movie yeah i'm excited to see what it looks like it's really um, exciting that we get her twice this year. Yeah, she's she's great. Um, oh my god, uh, Spider! I don't know. The Spider-Man trailer showed a lot of stuff. I'm glad that the Justice League trailer did not show as many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it, I have especially because you see like, the It trailer. Nah. The It trailer looks pretty. The It It looks pretty good. That's you know that that'll be that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were other trailers that dropped too, right? I think Planet of the Apes dropped today. I haven't looked at that yet. I haven't looked at that yet either. Um, I don't know if I'm going to look at that. Yo, Alan, Alan, uh, not Aaron, Aaron Sorkin meeting with um, DC and Marvel. What do you think he's meeting with them about? With DC and Marvel? Yeah, oh, like... he's t- he took meeting with both sides. He took meetings with both sides. Okay. Uh... And when I say Marvel, I say I mean Marvel Disney. Yeah, of course. Uh, Fox Marvel. Um, I'm trying to remember what Sony. movies don't have a director on the Marvel side right now. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't know if he's a good director. I, I think he did bad at that. But like, I think he could be. I think he took. He could have taken a meeting to do Punch Up for either one. Of the two build-up movies, Justice League Two and/or Infinity Wars, I would not be surprised if they wanted to run the story past him and, like, yeah. you know, like take him in for a meeting like that. I don't think he would write a Marvel movie. No, I don't think. I also don't think that there's one that he want to write. I mean, the only thing it, maybe was like when we were talking about the other day with like a Black Widow movie, something that's a little bit more grounded. More of like your spy thriller kind of thing. Um, 
jo- Joss Whedon directing Batgirl? Yeah. Yeah, great. I'm down. Great. I'm in. Like, I, uh, I want to see him do more stuff. He's taken some time off, and rightfully so, but, like, I want to see him do more. And I think if if he jumps ship to DC, uh, you know, it, that hopefully would add some credence to the DC movies and be like, okay, well, we've got Josh. Do you think, but he would do, but he would do that out of love and, and like, you know, you know, and I think that it comes from a good place, you know? So first of all, I'm down to see a Batgirl movie. I, I don't know if we, I don't know when it's going to be, but you know, I don't know if we need it before, you know, the, the Batman movie, you know, I heard that I saw some things online that it was standalone and some things that it was going to be set in the DC EU. I don't know, you know, what, what it's going to be yet. I, I would hope that they said it, you know, you know, uh, in the D in the DC universe. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it would but, be. Um, <sighs> um, all right. Uh, now that we did that, which was a lot. So we thought that we would break down the, most recent uh, Power Rangers movie that came out. Um, AJ, you saw it. That's right. I did. I did. I saw it with our friends Evan and Danny at the Kips Bay Theater on like 32nd Street in New York City. Where'd you go? That's awesome. Um, I went right here to the the theater like across the street from my apartment. and Can't beat that. Yeah. I uh, went at like 10... 30 in the morning on a Saturday, so it felt like I was a kid again, <laughs> watching <laughs> Power Rangers. Straight Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, and it was funny, because there was actually a ton of kids in this movie, even though it's rated PG-13, but, which is kind of surprising, because, not because of the PG-13 aspect, but because I think, I, I was surprised to see how much Power Rangers still resonated with like the youths of today, obviously they they've been having a series, uh, TV series um, every year since it originated. It's never stopped. So it's never stopped. It's never stopped. They wow. basically at this point every single year is like a new uh, brand. Like you know, obviously the originals was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but then they have like Super Time Force and Ninja something and Jungle squad and whatever but it's still kicking so i don't know if it's that the kids were into it and that they wanted to see it or if it's the parents at this point because like you know we're 28 and there could be people that are our age or a little bit older with kids at this point that may want to go see it and i i kind of feel like and maybe you disagree with me here or not do you feel like that they were marketing this movie to the people that watched it when they were kids. Yes. 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 Totally. They, okay, here's the deal. Uh, this movie was directly marketed at us. Why? Here's why. This movie has been the result of that uh, viral 11-minute short, dark and gritty Power Rangers movie that came out about two or three years ago. Oh, yeah. That me and our friend Gavin who I'm sure would listen to this podcast, having known that he was in on this discussion, (laughs) um, uh, noted that they would probably just follow this movie and make this movie. And that is pretty much more or less what they did. Did they make it as dark and gritty as The Dark Knight, or is that 
a little short. Mm, Actually, in my opinion, no. Mm -mm. Uh, I think that they wanted to go a little bit less, you know, uh, Dark Knight, which they totally do, but they totally capture the same uh, universe feel as I would say, like a Transformers movie. Yeah. Or the, you know, the MCU. Like, it, it definitely had. A gr- uh, somewhat of a grounding in reality that definitely did play into how this movie flows. Um, the one thing, you know, the, I think they really targeted it at us because they used the original Power Rangers team names, Absolutely. colors, and zords. Yep. So it, it, they're not trying to take the latest, you know, Power Rangers incarnation, you know, Power Rangers Zio or time force what have you yeah like they went after you know what we know and what the world knows which is the original power rangers lineup yeah of the red blue black pink and yellow ranger yeah and you know know, eventually to be joined by the green ranger etc it makes sense Uh, iconic they you know they did a movie years and years ago originally but it's uh, we're we're at the age where we're the ones with the disposable income and that are going to go see these we're, movies exactly. Uh, and everybody I knew in the movie like was like going crazy. You know, I mean, okay, so spoilers now again. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. It's spoilers. Okay. <laughs> please, please don't listen to this podcast if you haven't seen the movie. You owe it to yourself and your community as a millennial to go and support this movie. Um, so go see Power Rangers and then come back. Press play on this podcast in three, two, one. So the amazing part of this movie is when they are getting in the Zords for the first time and they're launching and rest, raising across the desert in what looks like as close of a shot-for-shot illusion to yeah. what many would perceive as the best part of the original Power Rangers show, Morph in Time with the Zords. Yeah. So <laughs> they are now taking the Zords out they have the same guitar riff going. There's a guy who says, go, go, Power Rangers. It's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. fantastic. It's a beautiful sight. Yep. Um, that's how I knew we were suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but, go, but, go, but go ahead, Frank. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, because that they were aiming this at us and there was, it was loaded with references back to the originals. And, you know, I, I admit it. I'm going to stand up and raise my hand. I have gone b- back and watched a lot of the original Mighty Morphin. It was on Net- it's on Netflix. I don't know what it was a couple of years ago. I was just like, I want to see what this is like. I don't really remember. And I just like, part of me just liked watching the the ridiculousness of it and just like having it on the background or whatever. Like, it was, it's not great, but there are some redeeming qualities and there's some fun storylines like especially around the green ranger saga so for me to have some of that stuff fresh in my memory and then watch this movie and 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 catch all those things i kept like nudging megan i was like oh my god that's so funny that's so cool like they did it like i was like watch right now he's gonna say it's morphin time and of course like (laughs) and like everyone was like freaking out because you know and i think that's what's really cool about this movie that they they pitched it as a grounded not necessarily gritty but grounded more mature reboot that's stylized and and modern um but they weren't afraid to lean into the campiness of it sometimes and nod back to the history 
Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the last, like, third of this movie is is really kind of campy. Like, there, it doesn't look quite as bad as, like, the, the original show where it's, like, two guys in, like, the costumes as the Zords. Obviously, the CGI effects were actually pretty pretty good. But uh, they're, they're really leaning into it. And um, I guess... I, I will say I like this movie. It was fun. I personally hope that they do a sequel uh, just because I, I have a vision of my head what the sequel would be, and that's one that I'd probably almost look forward to even more than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am concerned that it might not happen. Um, it, you know, it was received moderately well. It, you know, seemed kind of like middling scores it, like it was good is basically what the, the general consensus was from the critics like the rotten tomatoes um but you know it didn't make a lot of money and it came out in a very dense period here in in march april where there's a lot of other stuff competing it like well consider well consider this dude yeah. like the original um power rangers movie 66 66- Point four million dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. The second movie, Turbo, <laughs> a Power Rangers movie, nine point six million dollars. This movie is nine point seven eight, so it's going to cross over to a hundred million on a budget of a hundred million. Right. So I think that this movie could have some legs, dude. I think that there's not a lot coming out right now. That's true for kids, and I think that parents who have seen this have now vetted it for their kids. And I'm sure that this movie could stay kicking through to, you know, at least the beginning of May, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. I, after looking at the, the box office, so, cause I, I saw it the second week it came out. Um, and, and I was like, Oh, you know, I hope it's the box office is, is kind to it, but it, it was actually much lower than I kind of expected it to. Um, but you're right, like, there isn't a lot coming out now, and it might perform well in the next couple months, and it, I, you know, I'm not sure, I haven't looked it up, and you probably have it in front of you, has it come out in all the international markets, like in Japan, China, anything like that? Because um, this I'm movie sure would do well in Japan. <laughs> um, here. But, you know, it. And that may be where it makes more of its money, that international market. And uh, I, I just hope that, and because, you know, I've heard and read some of the, uh, in the lead up to this movie, that they have plans to make more of them. And, you know, obviously we're right now in the nostalgia franchise heavy era, basically. And I'm sure Lionsgate, who, produced and distributed this movie or, or, or whatever. Um, they, they want a big franchise like this in their back pocket, but, uh, and planning for it is great. I just hope that it, it doesn't become, it, it gets caught tossed to the side or, you know, that nah, I think this, I think that this movie is going to get a sequel. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this movie is going to get a sequel. Uh, yeah. um, two, two reasons. I think why, first of all, um, the toys that they're going to sell from this movie are yeah. going to be huge. The costumes from this movie are going to be huge. The home video release yep. could be very big for kids. 
and sure. digital stuff. So I don't know. I think that this movie, uh, you know, while it was definitely marketed to us, I don't think many people our generation, you know, fully committed to it, which is fine. You know, there's so much other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and you don't really need this to be culturally relevant. You can totally DVR this or, um, you know, check it out uh, on demand at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it will land on Netflix at some point, too. Yeah. Uh, here's Let's talk about some other stuff. So Power Rangers, the original movie, is on um, HBO. Did you know the guy who plays Ivan Ooze is the same guy who played Belloc in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> So he's like this crazy, he plays this crazy guy. Um, anyway, uh, that, you know, so I think that they did very well with this movie this time around. Um, I think it's going to continue to make some money. I want to continue to talk about it though. Cause yeah. I have some, I have a few, a few bones to pick with this movie. Okay. Um, I do too. Okay. First thing I'd like to talk about, uh, I think that this movie did a Transformers movie better than a Transformer Transformers movie. Absolutely, I, I said has that. ever done. Yeah, like the the action was good, but it didn't have to be full on crazy metal shit. Yeah, gyrating at you for two hours. Yeah, and that's the and, thing I, I can't stand about the Transformers movies. Like you can't tell when they're fighting, like, what's what? And that was one of the things that really popped with this, and it probably because of the color of the Zords. It's just, like, you know, is much easier to tell what's going on. It probably helped that they were fighting other Zords, but I digress. Sure, but, like, so, uh, I really dug, I really dug that. I dug the way that they did uh, Rita Repulsa. I love Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. She's amazing to me. I think she's awesome in yeah. all the ways. Um, she hammed and it up. <laughs> she was great. She's good. She can do that. And I think it would have been bad if she like made it more of a comedy thing and like didn't take it as seriously. Yeah. And I think that that really works because like she's a bad guy now. She ostensibly is as like did as good of a job, if not better, than most of the Marvel villains. That's a very good point. You know, like she, first of all, we know she's sticking around. She's not just like gone. Yeah. She's you know, bad. and uh, also she's like smart and like figures out a way to, you know, mess with these guys and and yeah. fights them. And it's it's awesome. She's so, a real threat. She killed Billy. Like, right. That is, totally. Uh, you know, as much as. Yeah. So like fix that, it's like a real threat. Totally. So I really dug her. Um, some of the Power Rangers I thought were, were, um, uh, good caricatures, not characters. Okay. And I think that they didn't, um, there's so much character development in this movie. It takes so long for them to get into the suits. Yeah. But the problem is because you're developing all five characters at the same time, giving each more or less the same space to have their little growing uh, B-roll shot of them at home or, you know, you know, doing some other kind of part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they didn't, you know, the one Power Ranger that you think you really come away, I think, caring about is the, uh, you know, the pink and the red Ranger and the yellow Ranger, like, and 
the Black Ranger, like, who even, what, what, what happened? Like, why yeah. wasn't his character given any black, uh, background, background? Uh, I, so <laughs> I dug, listen, I really dug the Blue Ranger as Billy. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, Kimberly, she did, a, she did a good job. She, she was doing her, a very good Katniss Everdeen impression. Yeah. That, and that is fine. That's true. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, I hope that in the next movie that when they bring Tommy in that it really does churn the group you know it changes the dynamic yeah I think it will. And, and, you know like kind of back to the the characters for a second from my perspective um, I, I think leading into the movie I was worried that some of them would be unlikable um, and I was pleasantly surprised that they... Oh, they, they're all likable. You're they right. Are. They're you're, very likable. They took they're time sympathetic. To, to really grow them. And they, they, they painted a really natural way of bringing them together. Um, because, like, that's... I mean, that's the thing about even the original. They, for the most part, aren't friends. Like, the, they, they have to grow. And I think that was one of the more interesting, powerful parts about uh, their arc is that in order for them to actually become the Power Rangers and be able to morph, they, they had to really get to know each other. You know, and it was a little corny, sure. But, um, yeah, and I, I do think that it was... I'm really glad that they uh, had a diverse cast and, you know, even even to the extent of having uh, Billy on the autism spectrum and kind of hinting at uh, Trini uh, being gay. You know, I, I think... They're, they really modernized it in that way, and um, uh, I, I just I hope that they they can do more with the characters um, now that they've kind of established them. Um, and like you said, instead of making them fit so neatly into like their category, because um, I'm sure there are some people that might have thought that it was a little too on the nose for some of them. Um, but yeah, you know, having. I think that was the the one hard thing about this movie was that they spent almost two acts <laughs> really starting to ramp things up. I, I kind of wish that there was more of a, they all were able to suit up at some point and then for some reason they couldn't do it or there was, they were all suited up and then they had a fight with putties or with reader or something. And then they fell apart because for it to just be Billy and then have him also be the one to fall was like, okay, so basically the final act of this movie is a huge ramp up of them. It's like, okay, we have our suits on, but it's still too, it's not enough. And then it's like, okay, let's get the sword. Okay. It's still not enough. We need the mega sword. So it just kind of escalates and there's never really time for them to really grow with that power. Um, I feel like this movie took like the best parts of like a Power Rangers episode and like mm-hmm. focused it on making like those like you know all feel pretty good. Like it's tough to like have an ensemble cast and like give everyone a storyline and like yeah. make it all kind of fit. Like it is it is a genuinely very hard task and it was totally achieved in this movie. Yeah. But I think the you know the escalation for like the Power Rangers like is very like you know, that's, uh, that's classic, <laughs> classic. Like you can't like, 
you can't knock them doing exactly that. You know, yeah, of course I, they were it, that that's how the show goes. It is. They start I, off in the regular Zords. Yeah. They yeah. don't they don't get very far. Then the Zords, you know, form the Megazord and then the guys in the suits put on the suits and they go and they fight over the model city. Yeah. And everyone's happy. <laughs> and that's what and that's what you have to do. Scale like, back first, you know. Well, like, there's a way that, like, so I guess the other version of this movie is, like, they get their powers, you know, at the beginning of the second act, and then they fight Rita Repulsa, and they lose and damage the Zords. Yeah. You know? And then for some reason they have to, you know, figure out how to repair and make the Zords good, you know, and learn how to fight as a team and then fight her again. Yeah. But, like, do we want to see that, or do you want to just see pretty much the formula of a Power Rangers episode? Yeah. I think you want to see the latter because that's going to get you right in the member berries. That's true. Um, I really dug the uh, colors in this movie. Oh, yeah. I thought everything like really popped. I really liked the way that they... Um, uh, y- the I thought the CGI looked really fun and cool. I thought that there were a really... A, you could tell that there were a lot of cool um, practical sets that they were in and like that they really mixed it well and made it look you know very original and and different yeah um i liked the opening i really thought like the prologue was Uh, very cool um you know and when they get the coins like it it's it's pretty sweet from from there on out uh it's and it felt a little bit like chronicle in that way but it wasn't like so you know horrible and it's true to who the power rangers kind of are like you have to like let's give them some powers and see what happens and yeah. you know they're they're teenagers but with yeah dude uh, but like I, I agree I, I think having that prologue and it, it made me wanting more um, I thought it was really cool to see uh, Brian Cranston there in the makeup um, and uh, give the the story a little bit more backstory and you know it made me want to know more about Rita and why she kind of turned on the ranger team and i thought it was really effective to have her be a ranger and you know have a green power coin because that is clearly like the setup for the second movie it's like they're gonna have tommy with that green power coin but like to me what's interesting about it and they did this on the show is that there's something wrong either with the the green power coin that it, it taints him or it, there's something from from Rita that makes him uh, evil in some way, and it, it, it makes me wonder: like, is she, is she just corrupted by the coin, or is it purely her? Um, so, I, I I'm hoping that she is back in that movie for that sole purpose of explaining a little bit more about what's going on. Because if he's just oh green and he's good, that wouldn't be fun. In a lot of ways, this movie feels like a Batman Begins or like the first Iron Man. Oh, yeah. You know, where they're just like, they're just setting up the world. They're giving, but not giving you, like, they're, the villain wasn't a throwaway. Like, it so easily could have been that the villain was like some throwaway monster thing, right? Yeah. And then at the end, you pull away and it's Rita. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But like, uh, they they went after and, and tried to say, no, we can't, we have to give them a worthy adversary here, you know, but in the sequel, that's when you can do the green Ranger and, you know, other bad guys. 
so it may fall victim to too many villains but even still like it the sequel to those formats you know as we know dark knight um you know other other movies i i think it could be very good so i'm i'm excited to see how the next movie comes out uh let's talk about some other stuff i the suits uh so okay again i like i think i might have sort of alluded to but i think the marketing of this movie gave away a little bit too much because i feel like everything looked better in action than it did in like the standstill promo shots and the posters like alpha looked so alpha five looked so much better in the movie than i expected i was really worried about that and you're right the suits are okay they're not i don't know they they do evoke that power rangers movie shininess but uh um right but the thing about like the power rangers movie shininess is like it's practical like you know for all what it's worth like it it looks real like these suits like they're not real and they're not real in a way where it's not like they they build a few real iron man suits yeah right yeah robert Downey jr has to stand in and like move around but and look around but he doesn't have to move anywhere i think it's too similar to the iron man suit and i think it's way too similar to the flash suit and I yep. think that they, yep. uh, the the Flash in the DC EU, not the Flash in the TV show, right? You sweaties. Right. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's like the it's like the truth, you know. The these generic suits do not superhero make. Right. They they don't, and like they could do they could do better. They should have had. They should make them. This move for the next movie, if they if they can afford to do it, <laughs> yeah, um, they should uh, they should figure out a way to make a few practical suits so well, that well, and in a lot of ways it could be cheaper, you know. It, it, yeah, like uh, just make make a few, you know, or you know, you can also change the suits. No one cares if you change the suit in the sequel. They always we like do. that. Yeah, I mean, how like that. Forty two fucking Iron Man suits now, like. Uh, yeah, changes change it. Who cares? It. No one's gonna be upset. We let li- we like it. Yeah, and it's fine. I thought it was interesting thought- though. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but in that final act, like, so they finally got their suits. Took so much of the movie. They finally got the Zords. When they're in the Zords, their masks are off the like entire time. So again, it kind of goes to that like, we know that the audience wants to connect a little bit more with the characters versus just like, Oh, it's red range or green range, but like pink and blue, whatever. And to see that person's face. So obviously they're wearing like a physical headpiece and probably not so much on the body, but if they're doing the headpiece, they should do more. Um, I think it would be a little bit more effective. And, uh, however, what about the Zords? What do you think about the Zords? I thought the Zords looked good. I thought they looked pretty sweet for Zords. They did a good job. Yeah. I, I, they looked fine. I was fine with the Zords. I it, thought the Zords looked cool. Megazord, I thought, looked a little Pacific Rim. Yeah. Jaegery. But, um, and I did like that they all had to, like, you know, be in the drift and, like, do it all together in order to pilot it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and I was also glad that they didn't have some sort of, like, 
Alpha 5 or Zordon coming over the, the loudspeaker, like, what are you guys doing? You should use the Megazord. Like, that, right. it was so much more effective for them to be failing and come out of the rubble together. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I, I was kind of expecting them to, like, pull out the power sword thing, but they did the the, the swords on the back instead, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's fine. And Goldar, you know, I, I'm glad that they did something like that and didn't have um, another ancillary villain that was just, like, not interesting and just have him be this giant monster that didn't speak um, because it was really R- Rita that was pulling the strings there. Um, I thought it was interesting. And I think what I was saying before about her with like, she's clearly ha- has some other kind of power that isn't from the power coin, right? Because like, from yeah, power- she is the power cosmic dude. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's Galactus. <laughs> yeah. So like she's pulling gold out of the, the ground. She's like Magneto. So like, right, right, I don't right. want them to explain a little bit more there. Like why, why should he do that? Is that the staff? Is that because she's an alien race? I don't know. But, uh, then, um, oh, okay. What I, I was I was geeking out at the end with the cameo. Did you catch it? Cameos? No. The cameos. Oh man! So in the final scene, or like one okay. of the final scenes, right after um, they take down Goldar and Rita, I guess they send her off into space. They, the, you show, they show the crowd kind of like really supporting the Power Rangers and like taking photos and they really, and they linger on them for a, like a good 10 seconds. They have Jason David Frank and Amy Jo Johnson, Tommy and uh, Kimberly from the original show standing there Sweet. smiling and taking photos of them. And I was like freaking out because it was so cool. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, it, they they really knew that the, the fans were were coming out to this, um, and they wanted to to do as much as they can to support that that franchise um, element and the the familiar out familiarity with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I liked uh, I liked Brian Cranston too. Like we, I don't think we touched on him enough, but uh, it was oh uh, Brian Cranston. Um, it was cool to see him take a shameless paycheck, you know, well, like when does he ever, when does he ever be in superhero movies? He's never been in a superhero movie. It's true, but he, he voiced a lot of the monsters on the original series, um, which is why, and I think there's like a trivia fact, basically, so Billy Cranston on the show is named after Brian Cranston. So no way, really? Yeah. So oh man. So it's like it's kind of cool. He want you know. I, I'm sure they called him up and were like, "Yeah, you know, you did this a while ago." And he's like, "Well, can I just be a talking head?" And they said, "Sure." And that was cool. Like it was effective that he kind of gave up his his life for for Billy. And like you're right, this movie was like the epitome of origin stories. Um. Uh, you know, it took so long to kind of get going that like I'm just really interesting to see what they do next, and I, I hope that you know maybe the next movie kind of starts in the middle of the action and has them taking on some other threat, some other monsters, and then you know it, it leads into something with the Green Ranger. I mean, I would love to see the Dragon Zord. That would be so cool. Um, Dragon Zord would be awesome. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, any other thoughts on on this movie? Like anything else that you liked or didn't like? Or um, no, I think this movie is pretty good. I think people will definitely end up watching it. I do think it will have legs, and it will also come out on on demand, and people will totally watch it there. Yeah. Um, I'm totally sure that they're going to make a sequel. Um, I cannot wait for the sequel. I think that that's going to be a really fun time. Um, they have so many different things to pull from. There's pretty, there's some okay story arcs. I think I remember that you can kind of mash together and make something pretty cool. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. There's a ton. There's a ton of source materials. They're not for you know want of with that. Yeah. Um, they were able to get pretty big names. I mean, Elizabeth Banks, Frank Cranston, like that's pretty good. So. Hater, yeah. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe they can get some other big names and uh, to be villains or you know other characters. Yeah, and uh, I think it will be interesting. I think you go from there. I wonder if I'll um, do um, Lord Zed. Uh, and I, I, I mean, uh, he, it's, it's Zed. I don't know. I mean, he was a, an important character, I suppose, to the show. I mean, obviously, they changed the way Rita looked so much, so I'm sure they would change the way he looked even more. Like, they're not going to have just, like, a muscle, like, guy. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, ridiculous. No, they're not, they're not going to do that. So, but, they, but maybe they should. Maybe they could. I don't know. I think, yeah. um, I, here's something i think they would i would like to see in the sequel i would love to see rita's moon base yes i would love to see the green rangers dagger yeah i would love to see the uh ooh, i would i would love to see more alpha five i think he bill Hader was pretty funny yeah he was he was cool. I think he, it's pretty cool that he gets to be BB-8 and Alpha-5. Yeah, man. I wonder what other robots he will voice in the future or other robots <laughs> he's already voiced. Um, yeah, I listen, uh, me and Danny watched out this movie and we were like, this is a pretty good movie. And everyone was like, this is a bad movie, but it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, I don't disagree with that statement, but I think that there is intrinsic value in member berries and... Yeah. Uh, and enjoying a thing. So if you like Power Rangers, you like some. I would be so down if they're gonna do a uh, what do you call it? If they're gonna do a Godzilla King Kong movie, like why and the and they're gonna incorporate the Pacific Rim at some point into it. Throw the Power Rangers in there. Like why can't this be their own little universe? Um, yeah. With that. You know, let the Power Rangers fight Godzilla or King Kong. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Like they, that's it, they are born out of the same, uh, cut from the same cloth is really what it is. Because Japan, you know, that's exactly what they did. They took the Godzilla model and made this kids TV show. And mm-hmm. um, I had, I think, one other thought. Um, I was kind of really disappointed that they didn't have Bulk and Skull, but they did have the bully aspect in there. So I'm wondering if, you know, if they add them in into the next one. I don't know if they have to. Obviously, they're really, really over the top, but they could probably do them a little bit more grounded. I was kind of disappointed that, like, the bullies they had in the movie, they didn't just call them Bulk and Skull because that would have worked. Um, 
And then, yeah. I, I, I don't think that they'll bring them back. I think that they'll bring Lord Zed back. I think that they'll end up bringing, you know, uh, both the Green and White Ranger back into the mix. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, yeah. okay. I don't know. We'll see. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think they'll probably um, have the Green Ranger do the Dragon Sword all kind of towards the top of the movie and then they probably lose the Zords and get new ones at the end because that'll sell toys, really. Uh, it's going to sell all the toys. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, folks. So this is, these have been our thoughts on the Power Rangers movie. Um, we really appreciate you sticking around through our latest belated movie reviews for both Beauty and the Beast and uh, what we have here, P- Power Rangers, this evening. Um, if you have any questions... Uh, you know, you always feel free to email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can f- follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LLH Podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pr- that, That's all I have to say about that. Frank? Yeah, man, it's been great chatting with you. You know, enjoyed this movie and uh, look forward to our next podcast. Uh, we'll try to hopefully maybe do some sort of news roundup or something like that. And as we're gearing up into the summer movies, maybe do a, a preview of some sorts. Cause I think the next big movie on my radar, at least is guardians of the galaxy volume two. So, um, Oh, you're not going to go see furious of the fate. You know, <laughs> I, to be totally honest with you, I want to see it, but I have not seen any since like the second one. So oh. I, uh, I don't know. If I have enough time to kind of do some catch-up, I might go see it, but then again, I might just skip them all and just go see this one see if I can kind of hop in at this point, because it seems to be a pretty well-loved franchise at this point, so... Oh, I'm sure we'll get into that down the line. Yep. Well, anyway. Well, it's great chatting with you and uh, everyone else. Uh, We hope you tune in next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good time.